0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Podcast.gg. So excited to be here with Volumel and Scribe. Can't wait to get this going. Guys, how are you doing tonight?
1: Not bad. It's a, it's a nice evening. Going to eat some uh, late-night beverages and food and, and here in a little bit. So, yeah, going to chat on, see, you know, review a little bit more of uh, Chinese contenders, and, uh, you know, get in the festivities. <laughs>
0: Get in the get in the playoff spirit right there. So exactly. you know, drink drinks and pizza. That sounds about right for you know drinking pizza. Drinking pizza. That's the title yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> drinks and pizza. Podcast.gg drinks and pizza edition. Um Scribe, what about you? How are you feeling, man? Yeah,
2: you know, I'm feeling pretty good today. I, it's not it's not often that I get to like celebrate my Chinese heritage in America. So very <laughs> excited to uh <laughs> to make some great content today. Yeah.
0: Well, we are, speaking of great content, you know, we're brought to you here by Broadcast.gg. You know, we're a group of pros, semi-pro, and amateur casters, analysts, hosts, and producers, all sorts, who uh, who are all about giving you tools uh, to, you know, expand your own career in esports, whatever the role you choose. You know, you can find us at Twitter at Broadcast.gg. Um, just like my friend KT says, though, you got to spell out the dot, D. O-T. I mean, KT would kill me if I didn't get that in. People are actually typing dot into the Twitter handle. He would not be happy. So, um, yeah, definitely come check us out. We're all a loving group here. So, um, after that, let's get into it, guys. So, we are in Chinese Contenders playoff season. Isn't it wonderful? We just got off of Overwatch League, and now we are in playoffs. No, the grind never stops with us, does it?
1: No. No. I, you know, if, if the players are playing, we got to have somebody there to... To tell them that they could be playing better you know
2: i mean the money has to go somewhere the right? money
1: does have to there's go some, somewhere. there's
2: some money from the Overwatch League now it's over it has to disperse yeah. at least like maybe even smaller amounts but the money has to be somewhere
0: the so blizzard bucks have place. to go somewhere the blizzard Bucks have to yeah. go somewhere so uh so yeah so We're in playoffs, and it's, you know, we have the quarterfinals that are going to be starting this week, and we're going to just go down the list of, you know, what these matchups are, how these teams got there, and how they played out, and, you know, what we're going to be doing. You know, what we might see from them. This is going to be on a new patch, so we're going to be basing most of our analysis and most of our discussion based on what we've seen so far. I mean, once the new patch and once Wrecking Ball comes in, he's going to come wreck all of our predictions probably out the window, so definitely keep that in mind as we're going through this. But, you know, let's start it off, guys. Our first match is going to be Moss 7 Club versus Flag Game. And, you know, Moss 7 Club, Volumel, I know this is one of the teams that you really like, you know, you wrote a whole article on their Imaginarium. So, you know, this team, you know, how have they been so good at, you know, being able to, you know, their flexibility is something we really talk about, right? It's like how flexible this team is. Like Michelle will play like just random stuff from Arisa to Tracer to Farah. Just how does this team make that kind of flexibility work for them?
1: Well, like you said, they're they're incredibly flexible, so they're able to just adapt uh, a lot to different situations, which I think is going to be an important kind of factor going into the playoffs because, like you mentioned, they're going to be on a new patch. You know, there's a new environment. Even the smallest little changes in Overwatch have, have proved to be, you know, meta shifts and, and you know big enough to change a bad team to like a mediocre team or a bad team to an amazing team so it this is going to shake a lot of things up and the strange thing or, or the, the positively strange thing don't take strange as a negative connotation here but for moss 7 i don't know that they're going to lose anything when it comes to a new meta because i think they're so flexible that they have shown adaptations throughout their gameplay an important kind of example to kind of recall back to is their match with lucky future especially on their volskaya attack where they kind of did their it felt like they did their homework where lucky future was trying to make a very aggressive defense and moss 7 kind of expected that so they rolled out they approached the point with a blind bastion pick to kind of counter that, that, that. that threat and it was completely by it's not like they went to scout and said oh they're running this let me go back and swap bastion it was like okay let's approach with bastion if they meet us there okay cool we'll we'll counter them and if they don't we can just double back and, and swap off the bastion and it's cool they they've shown consistently that they have a level of preparation that is kind of unheard of for the most part at least in, in contenders um and it's off the back of their um off of, off of the back of their flexibility i can't necessarily give kudos to the coaching staff because we don't actually know what that situation is like for the most part i've heard that there isn't a coach or there is is very little coaching and it's kind of just player driven so it would be an incredible feat to kind of have a, a player driven team of this caliber and and to kind of you know expand on that these these players aren't bad by any means they're incredibly talented Mask has shown that he's been a little bit streaky, but very, very impressive. Jinmu's Genji has been out of this world, and then you talk about that that tank line, incredible fluidity, being able to switch from Reinhardt to, to Zarya or you know Winston to D.Va. They they play everything. I don't think they're going to suffer in this meta. At all.
2: Yeah, thing I like most, and I, I'll say you said it's flexible is your F word for me. It's going to be fundamentals. This is the totally thing I, I like, like about one. kind of like Chinese Chinese contenders. Right? The thing I really like about them mm-hmm. is that. The top the top echelon of teams coming in, right? LOC, T1W. Uh, I'll even put Lingon up there if I did a second. Good day. They're really strong in terms of they have the strong mechanical carry potential as well as being able to mechanically open. So, what I do like about the kind of like the two lower seeded teams, basically the two teams that are more uh like dark horses here, like what I would say, like is a, it's a hero test uh Panther and then Moss mm-hmm. 7 Club, both have extremely good fundamentals So Like they understand exactly how they need to play the game. Uh, the tankler Moss 7 Club is honestly really impressing me in terms of being able to understand. This is when we jump. Their mobility is used extremely well. Really efficient uh, ultimate uses. Or, sorry, really efficient ability uses more above everything. And more importantly, as you mentioned before, I think Max Mask himself is probably going to be the biggest actor here. Is going to be streaky, but that's kind of what you need, though. Like you need to be able to be crystal. You need to be able to be undead on the best days. You don't necessarily to need. You don't necessarily need to like be the one sharing those picks all the time that's like kind of like not exactly your purpose you can honestly getting like two or three chain kills and just like snowballing off that is more than enough and honestly mask is at the level where you can definitely do that there are a lot of players in overwatch like that no matter how hard they try even though they have high consistency they're not going to be able to hit those right. three four nutty shots yet yeah. i think mask is that guy Jinmu honestly is being able to play Genji pretty well even in like a meta where very very oppressive to play against you know there's a there's a hard counter immediately available in Swiss that's pretty strong right now. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, why, why, why play Genji at all? But one thing I do, like, Moss 7 Club knows how to play the win conditions. They're extremely smart. I expect them to actually throw a pretty big curveball at anyone they play. And that's going to be the big thing here. The, the flexibility, as you mentioned, from one point, I like their fundamentals. I think they're a really solid team. I don't really see them being a very easy walkover for anyone. I think that a lot of teams might be sleeping on them a little bit, and one slip out can mean, you know, the, the end of your playoff dreams.
0: And I think Under- that's yeah. Okay, go ahead, Valmont. Sorry.
1: Another like uh, one thing I wanted to kind of touch on there that I think uh, Scribe brought up was the fact that you know you have to have either that that kind of level of of kind of not star player but that level of potential to kind of combat other teams. And I think that in this potential meta you know that we're, we're going into i think the hit scan role is going to be a role that you're going to need to excel at somebody on your team has to excel at it whether it's undead whether it's mask you know for moss 7 they have that level of capability where they can compete with those other teams if you know obviously mask has is good you know has a good day um they they, they have all the pieces if we're, we're kind of to understand the meta for the most part to be able to go in and, and compete against some of the best you know we'll we'll end up seeing we'll see if they can compete with the best but i think they they should have a a, a fairly easy time
0: i mean yeah we talked about kind of like you know how like the china china overall is kind of like a very dps heavy driven region and you know when mask is there and mask is like having those pop off moments jinmu when you know on that genji because it's a lot of widow genji that we've been seeing currently in this meta right and it's like Mm -hmm. when mask is taking a lot of that pressure off jinmu seems very very comfortable just to play you know play genji and just get into the back line so they do a good job of you know understanding that there's two right there's always it's the rule of two there's always two dps and if one of them is like taking all of the pressure off of you for jinmu it's on that other dps to kind of capitalize on that right because there are teams that we've seen where it's just widow like undead Mm Is just, you know, if we kill undead, like what's, you know, uh, what's Kami going to do? right? Kami is like, has sometimes not had that ability to have that, you know, pseudo carry potential, like the second carry potential, right? It's kind of like you need your Mario, you need your Luigi to your Mario, you need your, you know, Pippin to 100%. your Jordan, right? You need that other player. And I think Jinmu has shown throughout the season that he can, he has those flashes of being able to be that player to kind of ease the load off of Mask's back
1: well it's it's not just about having the two dps i think you know this meta in particular throughout the regular season you started to see kind of the i think scribe kind of coined this term especially transitioning and overwatch that kind of feed the puppy mentality where it's like okay <laughs> we're just gonna protect our widow we're gonna just gonna protect our hanzo and i think that's kind of been a little bit more prevalent as the season has continued where it's like okay jinmu you're on certain maps mind you we're just gonna you are gonna put you on brig and you're just gonna kind of guard mask or you know you're just gonna guard undead will that continue it's it's difficult to say but to, to kind of touch on your point it is about having two dps but it's about having that side of secondary dps able to flex off and take less of like a spotlight less of a star role and be able mm-hmm. to you kind of you know be that that scotty pippen and pass the ball to that star player and let him shine so yeah i think it's it's important to kind of delve more into that dichotomy
2: yeah. this meta change actually is fairly interesting I just mm. remember something May no longer has a drop off oh like, that's in, gonna be additional... oh mm-hmm. that's actually this, that's, this is that's the last seven club
0: special right there
2: Jimmu, the boy Jimmu himself <laughs> who, on Kingsville 3rd will play that character because let's not say I I love me. I think May is so under I think that having <laughs> a wall that forms anywhere on the map is insane it's like, so just, much value yeah. like what like, who thought this was a good idea like we're just going to but well, this is what I think having that drop off damage removed, you know he's going to play on third. And all of a sudden, your tanks are no longer being able to steamroll, right? This is the big thing I make people don't talk about. It divides the fight more effectively. And especially when it get triple tank compositions where they kind of require everyone to be on the same page. You separate the Ryan, you separate the Zari, you separate anyone, even just separating the three on three where there's just three mm-hmm. tanks ahead, especially on that last corner of King's Road where it, you have to either run through a choke point. Or go through that big um that big open space and it also allows the defense to get in bank positions. I think that's huge. I think that's like that's one of the things that we don't think about I've been doing and now you have an added a lethality to, to that hero. I think that's ridiculous.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, make it's. A sniper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just make her a sniper, right? That, who's going to count? Now you don't need, like, the Widow 1v1. It's just the May versus the Widow right now. And just the May. I mean, we've seen, like, Jonak in Overwatch League, right? He he came out on May once and was just like pop, 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 headshot after headshot. But mm-hmm. we've kind of been talking about Moss 7 a lot. Let's kind of move over to Flag Gaming, who, I, I mean, they, they've they had a little bit of a rough go in these, you know, past group. And, and you know, the Group A, they come from Group A, where it's a very top heavy group, and they're kind of like the one out of three that didn't, you know, that managed to get up above into that fourth spot and Mm -hmm. they did recently add jason which you know uh, during the season we talked about as being one of those things that's like and we saw him play he played very very well and as we're talking about like the two dps duos do you think you know do you think jason i think it's jason and dmo do you think they're a good enough duo to kind of like go up against the duo of mask and jinmu mask and jinmu
1: I I think so. If if you're just gonna put like paper paper to paper like just stat sheets at me, um, I think they probably are. Um, Evil X isn't even really been that bad in my opinion. I think the the little bit that we've seen of him has been you know fairly okay. I want to I'd I'd like to see more to kind of give a better opinion on him in particular. My my kind of worry with them is their tank and supports because depending on which patch we get, because there is kind of a little bit of contention yeah. there exactly how far ahead Blizzard's kind of pushing, um, these patches, it could change up more than what we're understanding. Um, so, so we don't have that official confirmation if we're getting like the support changes or if it's just like Hammond Symmetra and the DPS or the hitscan fall up. So it's, it's kind of in flux, um, but it depends. But even if it's the the latter of the two where, you know, it's just Hammond and Symmetra, I wonder if that's going to change the the tank dichotomy enough that it's gonna put pressure on melons and over to a degree that that it's just gonna kind of leave them without any space, where it's like, okay, yeah, Jason, Landboss, DMO, Evil X, they're really, really good. But if you don't have any space, then you know, you, you have no room to be able to work with them and you're just kind of running in willy-nilly. Granted, you know, at times, you know, Chinese contenders can have that very aggressive tendency that's just not a good way to kind of play the game it's it's not something you want to kind of practice so it's it's gonna throw them off i think um but we'll see it's it's a lot of what ifs for them but i think it's less about the dps and more of can the can the tanks and the sports two of the biggest factors i think in most teams can they continue can they adapt quick enough or are they going to be able to be you know as strong as they have been in,
0: in coming into the playoffs
2: that's gonna to be tough. I think no, of, I th- yeah, I agree. Mean,
0: it's not it's not gonna be easy for her. <laughs> like, no, it's not not really, at all. It's, it's not gonna
2: be suicide. So but I think talking about like their tank line, Lai is someone who I think has to be pivotal. I mean we talked about Diva just being like huge centerpiece to a lot of different
1: mm-hmm.
2: And China's kind of one of those regions where Diva play is I think it's very exceptional just because of how sometimes how well staged a lot of these fights start off. Also sure. like a lot of these this is what I'll say. I think that China has a tendency for the DPS characters, DPS players, like, to go more so on solo streaks. I think that that mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. abandoning that area forces DPS to cover a lot more ground, right? Because, for example, even communication in terms of, hey, can you DM me at this moment, right? I'm getting, I, I fucked up. I'm oh, sorry, hold. Oh, I messed up that dive, right? You know, I messed up that. Let's, uh, can you come in and make sure I don't die, right? right. And I, I think that communication is important, but more so mm-hmm. like the enemy tank guns are going to play super aggressive as well and they're going to play hyper aggressive on you. They recognize that, you know, your DPS isn't really doing damage. So they're not scared. The moment that there's no damage remaining and they kind of like are centered on like, okay, like we're, we're not dying our shows aren't going down. Well, let's just push ahead. I think you immediately have to react there. I see there are so many instances where sometimes a Chinese, like, you know, DPS player will go flank and then his team just gets engaged on it, and he does maybe like one or two kills in the back. <laughs> yeah. That happens enough. So it's like, for me, my worry about this is basically flag gaming needs to kind of shift their dependence. They need to make sure that you know, Jason has to get those retorts in order to start popping up. But DMO himself, he can't play nearly as aggressive. And more importantly, I think Lai and Over, they're going to be the big chopping blocks. I think Lai has to has so much more responsibility. Than, and he's going to be pressured. I yeah. think that Moss Eppen is going to 100% pressure him
1: you bring up a good point especially when you talk about like the dps players going on these very long flanks that's exactly Mm. what we've seen from jason especially on genji i can bring up you know multiple issues on king's row where he's just going these massive flanks and they dive really well together but it's to bring up scribes f word it's the fundamentals it's you know keeping that positioning tight if you want to go for those d flanks that's fine but you have to make sure that you have some sort of advantage elsewhere. So if you go on a deep flank, do you have a support advantage? Do you think at least you have a support advantage? I know it's a little bit difficult to kind of track these alts, but you know, those are those are the things that's going to push you deeper into the playoffs than other than these other teams. You know, it's that that little edge up that you have over these teams. So it's positioning, it's about those fundamentals. That's what's going to make the difference here when it comes for flag gaming. Keeping keeping your Diva you know, in range of being able to to blanket other people. To be able to dive aggressively if need be, if there's an opportunity. That's that's the question that flag has to answer. And if they can, it could be closer. But if they can't, I think Moss 7 is probably gonna just outflex them. They're gonna throw curveballs, they're gonna throw, you know, just standard fast, just a fastball. It's they've they've got a lot of change up to them. I I don't see flag. In that same vein, have that, that kind of breadth of gameplay.
0: And when you're going up against like curveballs like that, you kind of it's okay to sometimes have that mentality of like, oh, I can, you know, maybe get a flank in like 1v6. But if you're going up against like a complete curveball, like they're bringing out like this bastion comp that they're, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about on Volskaya one. That's a that's a moment where you need to be completely coordinated as a team, right? That can't have you can't have Jason like just somewhere else on the map trying to get kills. No, you need to all like understand we need to, the only way that we beat this is if we beat this together and we're all coordinated. So that's something that I work about for flag is just their ability to coordinate to beat moss seven because we've seen sometimes with moss seven club if the other team against them is coordinated enough to you know counter what they're doing then it kind of just falls apart a little bit for them because they can Mm -hmm. get downloaded slightly i just want i don't know if flag has the capability to do like to do that really did you just kind of just meld together as a team to deal with what moss seven Club is. we're going to bring to the table
2: yeah so i I do want to give you guys a hypothetical because this is something i was just thinking about a little more Mm -hmm. Let's say hypothetically, right, Moss 7's big answer here, right, and this is going to be the big matchup, I think, is going to be the Jason versus uh, Mask matchup. If Mask starts winning that matchup hardcore, and I, I mean, like, basically, like, I mean, like, hard tilt. Like, like Jason sure. just never, never touches like yeah. Widow again. <laughs> and let's say GMO is also getting shut down Because this, this is kind of the thing, right? What compositions are... Are, are we going to really see a lot more? I still don't think dive is the immediate answer. And, and this is what I was wondering more so is like compositionally wise in this meta, mm-hmm. if you don't win these initial like hard carry duels, do you have to go dive or, or is there another answer? Cause I feel like sometimes like if you, if you like funnel in on dive too much, you put DMO on that Genji. I feel you're limiting yourself so much. I don't think DMO is to get as much room. Do you still play dive or do you do like a weird hybrid where maybe you don't even run Zarya. You do like uh rhyme diva.
0: It's so hard because, like, whenever you're in that like widow mentality, widow one-v-one, one-v-one mentality, especially in China, I feel like you, like, it's almost imperative that you keep that widow because you're one of, if not the only things that's able to counter the other widow, right? So you have to continuously think to yourself, okay, I can get the next shot. I can get the next shot. Even if you're losing, like, as bad as it is, you can't switch full dive because then, you know, then they're going to just switch over to, like, you know, they go, like, if they have Double Sniper, for instance, right, then is mm-hmm. just gonna melt your team as soon as you get close, so I think, it's like, it's like a Catch-22, right, it's like, you either switch full dive, or you lose completely the Widow 1v1 battle, and just give up, and give you know, Mask the opportunity to just completely free-farm your team, and he can get picks, like, off the bat, left and right, so I think it's a very difficult situation for, you know, to decide what you want to do there.
1: I agree that Having like having matching heroes is probably the best way to counter another hero for the most part. Like if I just have a Widow, a Widow in particular, um, she checks angles very very well. You know if there was one there was one point um, in in uh, a recent bot review that I did with Team CC and LGD where uh, I think it was LGD actually scouted, you know, two thirds of the map and cleared two thirds and said there's no Widow here. So that only means that widow can be in the, the the last third of the map, and they just completely you know spaced on it, and it was partly due to the fact that they were checking with where their widow was checking, if that makes sense. So they were just like double checking one one kind of half of the map and not really paying attention to the other half where like the threat was, and. I, I, while I agree with you, right? Like, mm-hmm. Widow does a great job checking other Widows, whether it's actually fighting against them or just pressuring certain angles where they know that, like, okay, I can't, you know, constantly just grapple shot because I could just get shot out. You know, I can't do certain things because there's an enemy Widow that could just be looking at me or there's walls up or stuff like that. Um, now, because we know that we are getting hammond i wonder if having a composition that's kind of like three tank winston diva hammond dive if that's a little bit more mobility and a little bit more sticky kind of tanky pressure that you can kind of force a lot of movement from a widow maker that's going to make her either less good or just make her a lot more defensive in a sense where she can't take a lot of just very peaky shots she has to play very very tight around her grapple shot i wonder if that's something that that teams are practicing can widows adapt to that massive amount of pressure that, that that their team is actually gonna have to cover for as well it it's it's a what if question um but yeah it's 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 fun to think about right it's fun to kind of theory craft and and
0: uh, yeah ponder it's fun to ponder. That's that's kind of what we're here for. So, um, you, you know, let's segue off. You were mentioning Team CC. They're actually the next matchup we have. So they're going to be facing, I believe it's going to be T1WE Esports Club. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: a closer match, I would say, between these two than what we're going to probably see from Moss 7 Club versus fly Gaming. Yeah, probably. But yeah. so Team CC, Shanghai Dragons Academy team. There's a lot of, you know, kind of pressure, I want to say there. It's like they're mm-hmm. the Academy team. You know, they should be, you know. They should be here. It's kinda like they should be here, even though they took a little bit of a long way to get here. They should definitely be in the playoffs here. And T1W, interesting team. It's kind of like group A. It's it's very like, you know, T1W has beat has lost to Lingon and Lucky Future Zenith, but they beaten everyone under them. And it's kinda like that with like it's kind of that like, do we know how good T1W is? Because T1W is the only team this season to take a map off of Lucky Future Zenith. No other team has taken a map off of them, so they definitely have that going for them. But I'm interested mm-hmm. to see how you guys think, you know, T1W is going to be facing off against Team CC.
2: My right, boy, more run, dude. Morlan Ron. Guy, ha- <laughs> this guy's actually insane. Like,
0: like His, He's okay. fair <laughs> as nuts, like, actually. But so I'll say,
2: I, I overrate this guy, because I think this guy is, like, he's either the smartest person in the world, or he's, like, the kind of guy, like, that, like, just says, oh this will work i'll do this and then your team is just like all right like i don't know dude like you're not playing fair so we'll like, build around you like we're basically carrying you anyway so you just go do your thing and he gets <laughs> like two kills it's like oh that's insane i think that t1w has to has the ability i think to just completely just one side that one side dominate this game i think that crystal is someone who i like watching a lot i think has extremely high potential but the amount of room and respect that he's going to receive is going mm. to be huge. I think Molonoran, if he's able to you know, use that attention that Crystal's going to get, because this meta, especially since, let's say, his scan changes do go through, right? Yeah. Crystal's lethal. Like, it, it's just yeah. like, you don't want to see, you don't want to see that McCree either. Like, now you don't want to see Soldier either. You know, you, he does run both at times. Molaron also now has, like, you know, the ability to potentially run a Soldier. I don't know if he does. He's run Sombre. He runs Tracer already. We've seen that run on top of the Vera. I think... If he gets enough attention, he's able to space correctly. I think he could definitely take over his game. I think that bear is one of these heroes that even if you have a large hit, hit scan presence, I don't know if you're willing to commit that many resources to him. Because there's it, a possibility he just does nothing the entire game and you just wasted. You you spent the entire game looking at him and did, you did nothing, Right? <laughs> While you're looking at him, Crystal went and stole your girl. Like that's about it. <laughs> like, but I think that in those situations where he's able to get room, he's able to do something a little innovative, maybe add a little bit of that spice to the equation. I think he's going to, he's going to pop off. And this is like, I
1: think what T1W is really hoping for. And you mentioned innovation there. And, you know, while we talk about Moss 7 Club and they're so crazy, they've got fluid tanks and their DPS can play everything under the sun. And they've got May strats and Bastion strats. That's cool. But have you ever seen a team run four DPS and two supports before? Because T1W does <laughs> they that did on Oasis. On Oasis. Yes. And that's something that, is I feel like as a as a branch strategy from like the triple DPS kind of Korean style, specifically on uh, city center, where you put your soldier on the high ground and there's just enough pressure that you can kind of out damage their healing. But it's about their their kind of unorthodox style that's very similar to Moss Seven. That I think again this team could have a, a great potential leading into like a new meta where they they're they're cool with playing very you know different styles and they can play. All kinds of different stuff. So they're they're comfortable in that scenario where they don't have to have very rigid strategies. They can they're they're fun. They're creative. They can do those different things. And I and I love exactly what you're saying when it came to Crystal because when we look at China historically, especially specifically in Overwatch, they're very hit scan favored. You look at Undead. You look at Dia. Those are even some other Shanghai players. They're very keen to just you know default to McCree. Like it, it went in doubt. We'll, we'll just, you know, say Undead pick, does pick that right?
0: a lot. Yeah, Undead. Exactly. Right. So if
1: that's going to be, you know, a more meta situation and a more meta pick, you could see Crystal bring that out. You could see like a double hit scan meta start to develop. And I think that T1W actually has a great foot forward if that's going to be the case where you could run Crystal on all of the hits candidate, he'd probably be pretty good. I'm sure Molan Ron can at least play Soldier and in that scenario, you have the pieces to move forward. They've got a good tank line. They've got good supports. I think Silver 3, hopefully I'm not yes, yeah, Silver 3 and unhappy. I've heard very, very good things. They've looked very tight when I've watched and seen a little bit of their, their play. They they dive well. They protect their back lane pretty well. Everything looks green for T1W while Team CC
0: looks Dr. Jekyll and Mister Hyde.
1: shady yeah not not uh the most consistent team in the world for uh yeah. pretty obvious reasons i'd say
0: so i mean so this team cc team uh, cc lost to lucky futures in or lucky future rather lucky futures would with yes. a good loss they lost to lucky future and lucky future is not a loss that you probably want to have on your record because lucky future has just been kind of like a mess this entire season mm-hmm. um just with how they've been playing and they didn't make playoffs as well so you know you see team cc have these pretty good wins but then you see like that like one blip against like lucky future and you're like is this like actually a team that's going to be able to go far because that's like such a horrible loss and we've seen you know talking about like you know hitscan k hearts he's he's an acceptable widow i think there have been moments where he's he's very streaky which is like the one yeah. thing i would say he's incredibly streaky which is kind of the mo of a lot of these chinese widows but boy is he really really streaky like there there can't be there's like times where he's like he's like popping off he's getting like 3k Mm -hmm. 2k headshots and then there's times where he just doesn't even play the game it's a 5v6 so i feel like t1w because we've seen crystal play more consistently even in their losses right even when they're losing crystal seems to kind of have you know the ability to always have that opportunity to kind of you know carry his team whereas Mm -hmm. the highs for um k hard are pretty high but the lows for k hard are very very low from what I've got to talk about, my my boy Yakumo as well. Yakumo, yeah, Yakumo. Also, like, I mean, it's kind of like we, like Scotty and Jordan. Like, it's kind of like we're, we're thinking about like these two players and like how they're going to be matching up with each other. And you know, Assassin and Molanran have had. I don't think I don't know if we've seen Assassin too much, but Molanran definitely has that kind of carry potential, especially when he plays Farah. Or as mm-hmm. Scribe mentioned, it's the rest of his team carrying him, and they're just like they're just like you know whatever dude, just play whatever you want. You're going to take it off right. on your own. We'll play our game, and then that'll happen. But I think Yakumo also kind of has this like it. it's just i think the mo for team cc is just complete inconsistency like just yeah. in, in general i think that's their mo throughout the entire season with their results with their play it just doesn't sometimes they look like world beaters like they did they beat lgd in the last game and then they lose to lucky future like it's just completely dr jekyll and mr hyde so it depends on really on which one of those two is going to show up are they going to show up as dr jekyll or show up as mr hyde and that's probably going to be about 50 percent of like how that game is going to go i feel
2: Team CC is like honestly kind of a disappointment. I yeah. I'm I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Like there was a time where I thought you know miraculous youngster mm-hmm. could be the, the best, best team. Yeah. Well, a top three team in the world. Then I watched <laughs> Young play, and it's like, like you can't like like
0: was this what we were bringing?
2: Like <laughs> I'm almost glad we got shake My Dragon. <laughs> you know?
0: like, hey, you're getting another one. You're, you're getting um. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Like Gwangju. Yeah, Gwang, dude, we're getting Guang. I'm excited yeah. because I can't wait to get an all Korean
2: IDC. <laughs> uh, just just get know, lucky
0: futures in it and just plug them in, dude.
2: Yeah, I mean, these tank lines have kind of been like a combination of this. like, I, I mean, I wanna, I wanna expect. Right, I, I, I think they can. Though. I think I, but chichiren and Lei Young are gonna have the worst time of their lives. Like I think Silver is just Silver and unhappy are just for now. I think yeah. I think they're going to they're going to expose them a little bit. <laughs> I think I think this is kind of like a thing where you look at team CC and you go like, you know, like you guys are like Overwatching like not but yeah. you know, we're going to drop you guys. We're we're picking <laughs> up the T.Y.W. roster boys like I can see that happening. But as I'm out like, of here. I'm wondering like like how like, like do you like bomb? Like, do you think they can bring it? Like especially like I just the more I watch them play and the more I kind of like get worried like I don't want to like see them this is a strong team i think this team has a lot of potential to to do well it's just that i just don't think these, we hyped up these things these were like like people were hyping up
0: sure we yeah, yeah for
2: the longest time i remember
0: and, in our story and... meeting we we're like team you see that's a good team that team is." it is a good team it has that's so a... many great parts yeah.
2: but like like do you think this is a... do you think this is like a better reflection of them or do you feel like it's a little bit of miss synergy here or is it something like
1: no i think it's completely misenergy when you look at the the tank line between late young and jachiran um they just don't really it's either they don't work well together anymore because they did come from that my background which is strange and i I don't think that's the case but when you apply kind of occam's razor to this and you kind of look at the most like you know the the easiest scenario i just don't think they play it feels like there's a communication gap between the front line and the rest of their team where they're playing super far forward or, you know, late young's just kind of out, kind of holding an angle where the, his team's still trying to respawn or or just, you know, reinforcing the point or, or just kind of reinforcing like a King's Road defense. And he just gets demicked for very little reason whatsoever where he's trying to contest someone or, or, or try to threaten a duel and he just gets popped because he's not kind of, accounting for who else could be there you know a junk rat comes out it's like oh crap well now there's a junk rat i don't have d matrix and i get popped in my team's like well now it's a five and a half v six and you know obviously simple math quick maths it's not 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 what you want right (laughs) um so it it is that disconnect between the front and the back where you know their support lines I, i can't say too much about them they're 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 fine they they don't surprise me. I think Kyo at times has has some good pop off performances on Zen. Will we see Zen next meta? Hard to say. Um, if we do, they they have they have some good foundation. But when everything kind of comes together, late young doesn't look great on anything but Zarya. Zijin comes in, looks great on Diva, but does he have the Zarya? Especially with the map pool, it's questionable. So there's going to be a lot of you know flexing off of that. And if we're kind of to understand how some some of the even the Owl teams kind of participate and, and, and talk about their their swaps and their substitutions. It takes a good, you know, couple minutes for everybody to kind of coalesce and, you know, kind of adapt with that substitution. So I can't imagine that an academy team and contenders doesn't have those same issues. And then you look at the the DPS line. I think K-Heart's fine. I think he's a fairly decent Widow. He's got a good hit scan. I'm sure he can have, you know, up performances on McCree if that becomes very prevalent. And then there's Yakumo. Um, <laughs> he looks better when he's playing Brig. Like, they've, they've started to incorporate Brig into that composition a little bit more. Um, but outside of that, it's a little rough. It's very spotty from him. Um, his Genji at times can be very um, headstrong very optimistic a little bit greedy where he's like oh three or four v six time to pop blade into gets no dying. one gets no exactly one. or or tries to jump in with barrage and it, it's it's really not trading effectively so it's it's a lot of things going wrong for team cc but the good i guess if you're going to take a silver lining from that statement they at least know what they can work on and maybe they have that time to kind of turn it around but it, it, you're, you're facing a team that has a very clear game plan they've 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 done very well so far they've like you said they've done very well against what could be the best team in the league it, it's gonna be a tough ask for me to say that team c does incredibly well here but uh you know patches are patches things happen so it, it's not out of the realm i'd say like 65 35 t1w but you know that doesn't mean that team cc can't you know roll the 35 yeah yeah
0: and speaking, oh yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. go I, ahead. So we'll, yeah, one more
1: that,
2: thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was actually going to review that, because Yakuma, we talked about how he sometimes pulls blades in like an opportunity situation. And this has mm. happened with a lot of Chinese teams, I feel. Yeah. Like, they, all, yeah. they all, when they're, off cool they down. recognize, yeah, exactly. They recognize how strong their, their, their ultimates are. They recognize mm. that the game, there's a potential game-changing like, situation sure. where you wipe three. And I wonder if that's actually something that I want Yakuma to do a little more against C1W. Mm. C1W is going to apply a lot of pressure to their tanks, but mm-hmm. if you kind of force them to respect that it's going to come out, where, where they can't guarantee that, like, man, if, we, if we go too deep here, you know, like, Yakumo you know, is just going to come out of nowhere. You know, like, mm-hmm. like barrage our backline. Like, there's no reason why. It seems like already, like, two people are dead. You know, they're backing off. He just comes out of nowhere and ch- turns that fight. I wonder if that's something that's going to shift C1W off. Because C1W, I think, has a very specific game plan. I think Mo Lanron specifically has very specific game plans he operates on. I think that mm-hmm. he's yeah. not someone who... He's not like he's not like oh random. But when he does something, like even if it's weird, he, he kind of has a purpose. He's like, I'm gonna time this with with this this other movement. But if you can disrupt that, if you can kind of like put him on the back foot, when all of a sudden Crystal has to start thinking like, man, I can't I can't focus on this one v one. I have to make sure that you know like I'm not getting flanked by Yakumo. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that gives them the tanks the room that they need to kind of.
1: No, yeah, I, I I like that a lot. You know, kind of throw down the gauntlet and and really contest them. Don't try to to conform to whatever kind of playstyle that that T1W is going to be forcing on you. No, I, I think that's a that's a good uh, that's a good way that Team CC could squeak in some some momentum and and maybe potentially ride that into the semifinals. That's that's definitely a way they could do it. I think that's that's pretty astute
0: bring out bring out the bring out the big guns for the i mean that's all you got though That's the last game you basically yeah so it's... you bring out everything i mean yakumo just Might go in well. with dragon blade all the time just just focus completely on uh just focus completely on crystal and just dragon blade him every time you see him and then get him out of the fight um mm. but speaking of the best team in the league lucky future zenith is next and lucky future zenith is taking on hero test and panther and Lucky Future Zened, boy, they lost. They have they lost one map to T1W as you mentioned before. But besides that, okay. it's looked pretty, pretty good for them. Smooth sailing, 19 and one record, five and zero oh in their group. Can anyone like? Can anyone stop this team? Because this team is stacked pretty much to the brim. They now have Yarg as well. So you're basically rotating between DM Erster and Yarg right now. Who's mm-hmm. coming over from Lucky Future? So you have that three headed dragon of attack, and then you know you have michelle idk marvel lucid just like all of these good all of these good tanks like how is herotas turned panther going to be able to deal with you know deal with the beast that is lucky future zenith if 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 they can at all like is there a possibility
1: (sighs) it's it's a tough answer um when you look at how not only mechanically dominant lfc has been but even their coordination on their dives, being able to squeak out as much ultimate usage as they can. Um, I've actually been fairly impressed with someone who we haven't, you know, seen a ton of in the past. We've seen a little bit from Marvel in the past. I think he he subbed for Metathena for a couple of maps and some like online cups, but, um, his, his understanding of specifically primal has been pretty good. I, I think that he's had a couple like very like, uh, Showbody plays almost where it's like should you be diving a mercy off the map with your primal rage maybe not but you know it, it looked really cool and it shows that you've got that level of understanding that um has a mark of of a, of a top player i think um but when it comes to HTP, i think their style could fit the meta pretty well because they're very death y um if by chance it ends up being like a 3 3 tank dive scenario where it's like Winston Diva Hammond diving a specific point that kind of still feels to me like a little bit of a death ball so it could play in HTP's hands they've got some very cute set plays i think they were the team that ended up you know capturing a genji in the Volskaya B closet and just kind of keeping him in there and then using self-destruct and like wiped like half their team. Like it was, it was like these, these <laughs> oh, cute yeah. little set plays. They, they throw Diva bomb into odd scenarios. Like they've got a couple, they've got threats. I just don't know if those threats will be able to transition into this next patch. Um, but I, it, it's difficult to say that that's going to, you know, catch lucky futures up off guard. Like they've, they've got, you know, coaching staff out the wazoo they they look to be pretty prepared in every single match they've played throughout the regular season. I I wouldn't be surprised if they're not prepared for any cute tricks that HTP's got for them.
2: This map this match actually, if there is gonna be one upset that happens, I do think this could be it. Really? It's like this. Is, this is what.
0: I'll say. Okay. This is what I'll say. okay. Okay. This okay. Okay. Let's, let's hear. Let's it's, hear it's, it's it. Let's hear it. It's I'm interested. Okay. Now you have got my ears <laughs> at attention. I want to hear now. I want <laughs> to hear how you me. think HTP is gonna end up upsetting this. Well, let me
2: tell. you. I think that for Chinese teams, you know, Mm. I think Shanghai Dragons going 0-30 has to be, it has to be written somewhere that they have to go, I think that the Guangzhou team of Mm. Lucky Future Zenith is going to (laughs) continue the plot line and they're going to go, Well, I I think, okay. All kidding aside, I do think that it would be funny if, if this team doesn't does <laughs> it and it really gets picked up by like Guangzhou. So like, they have the formula yeah. together. They know what to do.
0: Choke they every could, game. Yeah, we them. could go. an LW we're gonna, and they just what, drop out. Like, oh, i gotta go. I gotta
2: go practice. So we're gonna get, get two, I mean, no, gonna get
0: two. China's gonna get two 0-40 teams. Just be ready for it. Just be ready for it.
2: But no, I, I, I think that HCP, I oh don't know. I I, I want to say that, yes, this would be the upset that happens because I feel like maybe Lucky like Future Sense isn't even looking at this game that close. Sure, like, sure. I, I want to say, maybe... It, it is an issue, right? Like, sometimes the Korean teams have shown us, they don't necessarily prep immediately yeah. for the next game. And I think mm-hmm. this is one of the matchups where I don't think they need to prep as much. I think this is a game where you can kind of go in pretty static, and you can definitely turn out, turn out victories. I don't think there's a lot of talent on the side of ACP that can beat the mechanical willpower of, of LBC. But my big issue here is that there's no prep up. I think AC, if ACP rolls out with a lot of really good set plays, mm-hmm. and they... Abuse certain things because, so like, this is what I will say: is like assault maps can is literally one set play away from being like a, a one game.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and I think that if they do set up and they do kind of showcase that that very specific set play style against Korean teams, especially, which I think also operate a little more on kind of like reacting to certain situations in set plays. If you can kind of predict what they're gonna do, because I don't think that LOC is gonna do anything like very like crazy. I think that yeah. they're gonna they are gonna play aggressive. I think you can you can anticipate it coming if acp spends a lot of time preparing for this matchup and they drop specific set plays that are going to catch out specific like, avenues of the team i want to see, like for example punishing Marble a little more right catching out dm or erster right specifically one or the other and just try to like take that advantage with you mm-hmm. i think this could be a very troubling matchup because it's something where assault i think can go either way control i'm pretty sure is like is pretty one-sided here but yeah. at the same time, there's a lot of swing here. And that's a, that's one thing I would think I would be a little worried about.
0: I think there's one person, like, on HTP that can match uh, DM's Widow. And I think the only person is Lily. Because what they... Um, Lily is basically their, you know, Widow, come, like, super sub-Widow. They would always, like, bring... They would always bring him in, you know, during these last maps. Put him on Gibraltar, put him on these assault maps. Right. And then they'd be like, okay, so... um, Or escort maps, rather. they put him on escort maps and be like, okay, Lily just win the widow battle and then just you know pop off because he's been because every t- every widow he's gone up against so far this season he's managed to get the upper hand at least once or twice during those battles even if the team didn't win it's definitely looking a lot better that when like you know when woolly Gao is in the map when woolly gal in the map it's like not as good but when it's lily lily is like the one person who i think if can beat dm in the widow battle because dm has had issues in the widow battle before not because he like he's still really good but like when he faced dmo like dmo versus dm was a rather close widow battle and i think lily has the capability to kind of match dm or beat him in that widow battle and as we mentioned before widow maybe not in the next patch but in what we've seen so far widow's a very important part so i think lily if they decide to keep him in most of the time which is up to them I don't know they bring him in super sub sometimes and they start someone else but mm-hmm. I think that's the one player that I would definitely look out for to like be this kind of like saving grace for HTP.
1: no for sure um, the another thing that I would kind of uh, talk or touch on is their their diva Inc Mm-hmm. Um, not pink he, ink. not not pink, not pink yes. ink just just shout, out to, those, uh, shout out
0: to Vals. shout out to i mean sorry shout out, sure. to, shout out to blank i'm sorry i missed his name
1: fair <laughs> <laughs> he's he's found a lot of use of diva bomb and it's to the level that i'm like this looks better than some of even the overwatch league like the lower half of the overwatch league teams i'm like okay in a couple of these matches, you're getting a lot of different avenues of pressure here. You're, you're not only denying point you're remacking, but you're also like getting kills with it. You're, you're either, you're either know where people tend to be, or you're very familiar with how these specific players want to position or how this composition positions. I think he, if he continues and if Diva is, you know, in the meta next, you know, next patch, um, he's gonna bring a lot of value with that ultimate. Whereas, you know, there are there are a lot of teams that just kind of struggle to find value at that ultimate and use it in a very kind of throwaway fashion, where I think HTP do really well around Diva Bomb. They play around it really well. So if if I think it's it's a, to touch on what Scribe said as well, it's about kind of building momentum on maps that aren't controlled because it's gonna be very difficult for them to be able to brawl as well as LFZ tends to just based on pure mechanics. So if they can start to win an early map that isn't control and really start to not get emotional, but I think if, if you are going to get emotional, that should be the map to kind of really big up your momentum, big up your confidence that you can beat the best team in the league and continue rolling from there. It's a possibility, you know, new patch things happen. I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I I would be shocked. Let's, let's face it. I would be shocked. It'd be probably
0: uh, the biggest upset probably maybe of at least this yeah we, at least this possibly season. possibly yeah. so yeah.
1: it's it's a hard ask but it, it it's a possibility i don't think when you have a, a, a situation like this where nobody's really that prepared you don't have a ton of official matches um i don't think i can be i, I don't think i could wait anybody outside of like 20 percent. so it's again it's, it feels like a 70 30 for me where it's like lfc should be the clear favorites but because of the situation and you know the the, the way the lay of the land there's there's room for upsets because of just you know how the patch is like so so, it, it, it could yeah. happen
0: it Could happen. it could happen so uh going into our last game we have another chinese team kill we have lgt versus uh <laughs> lingon esports who i'm um, lingon you spelled it wrong we have shirts now actually if you want to like learn how to spell it correctly like, we have the correct spelling but uh lgd versus lingon esports So lingon esports as we know kind of this team where it's like hey undead is on our team let's just have undead carry us and if he doesn't what can you do and then we have lgd who was is, who is second place i believe last season contenders mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. in the finals close i think it yep. was a five game set and yep. you know kind of like this super team i want to say they're, they're just a very good team just a very super team. super team i don't super team might be going too far but they definitely have their place in you know chinese contenders that's
1: sure yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they're, yeah they're contenders yeah. viable they're, they're contenders. definitely you know contenders for the overwatch <laughs> like without a doubt they belong here they don't they're they're not a really you know a, a relegation team um this but one they are also
0: kind of inconsistent a little bit
1: yeah they they feel like the top end of team cc to me where it's like they look like team cc on a very very good day at times and then on the back end it's like what's happening here and i think a lot of it ends up coming from their support line i've been pretty public around and how 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 not a bunch of a fan i am of only wishes <laughs> positioning on mercy that's um, a good way to play it
2: i like that but
1: depending on what happens maybe we can get a you know maybe it's a, a slight buff to lgd that only wish doesn't have to play mercy anymore and he can play other things and maybe he's better at those things so it's 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 definitely potential there another thing you know lgd very very front line uh kind of focused right where in that sense it's like yes their their tanks are very good but it's also in the sense kind of talking about their dps as well where eileen kind of is a frontliner for me he plays like a tank without playing tanks if that makes sense yeah. so if hammond just happens to be really really strong and in china values him really highly i could see eileen picking him up very very well He it fits his play style he kind of feels like a diva if diva was a lot squishier and uh did more damage so eileen I could kind of fill that role really well and then keep shy on widow please maybe mccree <laughs> let let the six gear shift man let, let it rock he'll he'll bring you out of all the holes he's the escape rope of lgd gets you getting you all out of those caves and and all that stuff so yeah lgd definitely a team that i'm a big fan of but can they stop undead in the uh funky bunch i don't think so
2: it's scary it really is scary yeah. to, to yeah. think that undead like he shouldn't be here let's be honest <laughs> taking, he should be taking care of his kid that's what he should be doing yeah. you know family, values, <laughs> family but, sure. values but but this is what i'll say right mccree coming back could be mm-hmm. that could be we, you know? talked about, we talked about how reliant in some ways he is we've seen how strong he is on mm-hmm. this road. and undead being like like raise a puppy for undead on mccree is gonna be insane because <laughs> It's something we don't want really to talk about McCree is kind of like has the mobility to, in a way, really take over the game in ways that Widow cannot. I think that the ability to kind of move forward more effectively have a really strong CC ability that both helps out your tanks as well as provides like a, a kind of like a, a um a barrier for enemy teams to kind of like rush it, right because if you if you flashbang monkey, if you flashbang any of diver and ban the hammer, a lot of damage is getting done here. Mm-hmm. I think that your tanks have a lot easier of a target to go in on. But more importantly, I think that if you're running like a Reinhardt, if you're finding ways to negate that Widow presence and keep that McCree alive, I think all of a sudden this becomes very scary. I think mm-hmm. that the scariest thing you want everyone to see as a Widow is yeah. seeing Undead on McCree behind a Reinhardt shield rolling up to you, because you're just like, well, he could shoot me like twice, I'm just dead, and there's nothing I can do here. And I think that's something that really worries me, is that <laughs> Undead could do that in Pop up. I don't know if shy has the same like level of that but i wonder if lgd will be willing to commit as many resources
0: Mm. i mean we've seen like we've seen you know undead whenever like he played now i remember on like lijang he's like he's playing widow and then he's like okay i'm just i'm done playing widow i'm just gonna switch to mccree and then he manages to clutch it out and we've seen shy kind of stay a little bit towards the widow like the widow tracer i think is where he hasn't played mccree that much so if it is going to be like undead being on this mccree and like Shy can't play. I don't think Shy is going to be able. I think, I think Undead is going to be able to beat Shy's Tracer because I think Undead is just that good and comfortable on McCree that I think he's just going to flashbang dead. That character's gone. And then they might want to put like Brigitte too. So then that's going to force Shy over to something like the Widow, which if Undead is playing McCree, like Undead just really likes that character and just is so comfortable with it. And the other issue is the, the one issue is, is that if they put all their respawn... if LGD decides, okay, we're going to completely. Like take undead off out of the map. Can sure. Kami pick up the slack a little bit? Because we know Eileen and Shyde, they both like have their moments where they can pick up the slack. But Kami, it's been hit or miss very much so mm-hmm. throughout this season. More, I, I would say a little bit more miss than hit. But I think like I, I need to see from Kami. I need to see like that. Like I'm going to take the pressure completely off undead, and I need to like carry myself because that might be the only way that they have back into this map or in this. Series. I wouldn't
1: be shocked to see Shy pull out of McCree. I just mm-hmm. don't know how good it's gonna be yeah, because we yeah. haven't seen it in, in a public setting. Um I, I I wouldn't keep him to like a strict widow tracer narrative. I think that he probably if if the meta calls for it, they're gonna have to swap him off of it. Yeah. Um it depends on if he's as good as as he is on the widow. That's I think that's the question there. Um I, I don't think if if McCree becomes like a must pick I don't think they'll just kind of run Widow, just you know, because yeah. why not? Um, they'll probably put him on McCree, and he's an unknown factor. Shy, we haven't seen on McCree that often, especially this season. Um, but we have seen Undead on it historically and this season, so he's a very known quantity. So it's you know the the known versus the unknown. You, you kind of have to go in favor of the known there. So, yeah, Lingon, again, probably
2: probably favorite too. Live
0: here. by the Undead, uh, die by the Undead. Right. I it's think so. Though.
2: <clears throat> what do you guys think about DPS combination coming up? Maybe not specifically either of teams, but I'm thinking pretty much either teams. McCree, Hanza. We're talking a lot of so, spam damage. Yeah, from a yeah. Both relatively mobile heroes that want to move a lot more, so you kind of get rid of the entire. Well, my Widow is halfway across the map. Can't help us. You have better vision for flashbangs. I even think. You have a very hard CC. You have two layers, effectively, of CC from your from your from your DPS heroes. Uh, mm. Storm Arrow. I'm considering a CC. <laughs> might as well type, be, yeah. The yeah. best type of CC is your death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, does this combination come out if we do see the changes uh, arise, or or do you think that Widow is just too important for us to kind of like full shift into? uh non-scope sniper and like more close range
0: i don't know if china would want to switch like because we i mean we're still seeing like like they we're seeing like china is like every time they're like every time they try something different and doesn't work they're always like okay switch back to dive uh widow widow ganji like that's their that's pretty much their
1: i would say that they have a history of doing that but Mm -hmm. i think as the season has progressed they've been very very comfortable on running like your solo mercy comps it's just
0: it is a new patch though that's like the one thing exactly and
1: i think it's finding that semi-optimal composition early and if your team just happens to not find that or if they they haven't been able to to be exposed to that up until this point which i would find very bizarre um that's what i worry but you should have a good idea what you want to run what other teams are running just the way that esports you know teams kind of practice they just practice against their their opponents whether it be further down the line or normally they they, they do a pretty good job of not practicing their opponent they're playing next week but you know they, they they have a good read on on it's on the meta because they're practicing against their opponents so they they always bring out fairly similar compositions everybody has a style you know you got Moss 7 you look at HDP. very very different um, but I think for the most part uh, whatever we do see should be similar across the board and then we'll start to see adaptations throughout the rest of the playoffs um, to Scribe's point will we see McCree Hanzo McCree Hanzo um, Why not at that I, point? I don't know it, it, it makes sense with the map pools yeah because you have some, some fairly tanky maps, so I could see like a Rhine or maybe even an Arissa, like Arissa Hog, like super pick oriented comp where it's like we're going for halt hook combos, we're, we're defending up. the backline with the, the tank or with the flashbang. We have Hanzo for poke, we have halt drag, we have a ton of different ways to synergize around that. So it's going to be like a very slow, methodical siege style. I could see that. I could see, you know, skipping the Orisa going with the Rhine Zarya with Hanzo McCree. I could see that um i guess my 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 rebuttal back was what supports do you think are gonna be do, do, do you think if if this changes things what sup what if any changes happen to the support meta do you do you think we see a ton of mercy? Uh, th- no. uh
0: i actually
2: don't think we see mercy at all do you I think mean,
0: resurrection like, is that like i think resurrection is like it's like one of those things where i think that's like the reason that character is stuck around like, i feel like that, that that like mechanic specifically is the reason why mercy is played as much as she is because i think without resurrection she's just she's kind of a heal bot which isn't like a bad thing but it's like you lose a lot of the utility from her and a lot of like sure. the, a lot of the kind of just like we can make a mistake right if widow if you if you are not playing with a mercy mistakes can are basically limited to zero because then you you get like one pick and it's probably like very difficult for you to do anything it's why we see ghost comps sometimes when goats comps comes out and you don't have that mercy and there's like a pick on the lucio or the moira pretty much the comp dies because you don't have that you can't get that person back there's no resurrection and everything you just falls. lose a lot of steam yeah, yeah you just lose all your steam so if mercy's out of the meta then i think widow stays because widows offers you that pick potential from a distance Right, because some of the, a lot of the time we see like you know, oh, Widow gets the first pick on a map. That's the resurrection. They're back in. It's still six v six. But now, if Mercy doesn't get played and Widow is still being played, then you don't have the resurrection, and Widow can just completely pop off and just destroy teams easier mm-hmm. than it was before.
2: I wonder if you actually go greedier there. And that's kind of like, I. I was wondering. I was thinking about this. Why not go back to the old Trident true? Zen Lucio company. <laughs> Now, the biggest reason why i i wonder if this would work is mainly because the way i'm thinking right, mm-hmm.
1: is
2: mercy is good in the fact that like yes you know i i think res is good and i think it's really good when it tastes more spaced out i think that mercy gets a lot of like one mobility from ga by the fire team being relatively be spaced out i think you get safer reses every team is spaced out just because if you do get a pick in the back line she's able to move more effectively there she's able to find a lot more corners i think if you run kind of like more of that very like brawly kind of like shield uh, shield battle, I think that you want, want to activate your tank a little more. I think, let's like, see, you run, like, Diva Rhine as a combination sure. there. Um, maybe. is a good combination, I think, for, like, then for setting up specific uh, government searches, but I feel like you want to compensate for, like, a lot of other factors also. Like, for example, you want to compensate for a fact, like, I say, we're running Zarya, how do we really contest Widow very effectively? Sure. Uh, I think sure, that, sure. like, Hanzo and McCree should be able to, but let's say, if, you know, you just have that terrible matchup where you just it's a long sight line you really can't break it as well uh you need ways to kind of like get your team in through chokeholds a lot safer um but using kind of like the reinhardt and diva and using the Lucio more to as a, as, a, as a movement ability i think mm-hmm. you're in a lot of spam battles you're going to get a lot of great picks with with this board orb. and more importantly you kind of cycle through a lot of ultimates a lot better with the with the knowledge your team is extremely mobile i think that having sound barrier and uh Transcendence and spacing those ultimates out very well and basically having like one after another being available, I think it activates your mobility a lot more. Uh like you basically just kind of like give your give your McCree the ability to kind of almost have a moving like a, a moving deadeye with the fact that they can't hide behind shield for very right. long the right. Hans is, is the Hans's acting.
0: Okay. I could see that being a
1: thing. So yeah. let me let me riddle you this then, because I because I, I I'm following. We have got time that, for like kind of one more order. riddle here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. One, one, one more kind of uh conquer. theory crafting. Yeah. If so, so if I'm understanding the way that you want to run Hanzo, in that same sense, couldn't you run Roadhog as well and just have more of a pick potential to like very similar to like what MLG Vegas kind of meta was, where it was like that three three Ryan random flex tank, Roadhog, either soldier, and it's like a lot about posturing and looking for a pick and, and shield wars. Do you think that could be where we're headed? If if in that sense, if it's if it's Hanzo, whether it's Roadhog, do you think that's a similar meta that could be, you know, put into playouts here? Is My that kind of where wor- you're going?
2: My big worry about that is that if you do run into double sniper, which is so strong or double hit scan, Roadhog sure. is very, very hitter Yeah, It's even okay. more, I feel like if you charge ultimates too much, and with Hanzo being so able to get dragon strikes, I think the dragon that's strikes in terms of clearing point or or like or clearing choke points is actually one of the most versatile ultimates. Cause like I don't even think of it as like, yeah, there's a lot of damage in it, but like as if for example, you want to stop like reinforcements, firing mm-hmm. it through like the gate at King's Row is insane. Cause basically yeah. no one can run through that.
1: It's like a five uh, second like yeah.
2: just
0: and hoggle isn't like that useful like it's it it doesn't offer the same like value it's kind of like because hoggle you actually have to like physically stand there and shoot right with hanzo you kind of you can just like all right i shot it forget about it i can readjust but like hog you have to be like in there right you have to just be there Mm -hmm. you're not getting also through walls (laughs) yeah that's That's yeah so 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 so, uh, i guess i guess ultimate like scribe is saying i think dragon strike is a very very good ultimate especially with the charge rate and just with stormbow and i I think that's a i think that's a pretty good point but Mm -hmm um if
2: someone runs it credit to me by yeah well okay if someone if that's someone hard. runs it
0: if someone runs it tweet at scribe with a one instead of the i profit scribe profit scribe tweet at him tell him he's right tell him he's uh one of the best analysts we have right now um but that's all that's all we have time for today uh thank you guys for joining me it was great to talk about um you know these chinese contenders playoffs hopefully that you guys uh got a little bit of a A little bit of a preview of what you're going to be seeing on these next games. And, you know, again, we're brought to you here by Broadcast.gg. It's the first episode of Podcast.gg. I hope we'll be able to make more if you guys like them. You know, we're just a group of, you know, amateur pros, amateur side pros, just a whole mishmash of people. And we give you the tools that if you want to become a caster, analyst, host, producer, just anything you want, we're here to help you. So definitely check us out on Twitter, like I said before, D-O-T Broadcast.gg. Or else KT will kill me. Uh, and then make sure to join our Discord. We're all very helpful there as well. So um, definitely, you know, be there for that. Uh, just to give you the times for when these games are gonna be on uh when these games are gonna be on broadcast.gg's Twitch. Uh we're going to have the first game at the quarterfinal game one is gonna be at five uh five a.m. I think at five a.m. I would assume so. That's five right, a.m. edt Yeah, we've been waking season. up. Yeah, we've been waking up early in the morning. Uh 5 a.m. EDT, and then the second game will be at 7 uh am edt and then the next day same time so saturday and sunday make sure to get here for those playoff games it's going to be a great one um thank you scribe and valmo for being here with me i thought we had some really great discussion it was really fun to Mm -hmm. talk to you guys about it Uh, i can't wait to see what these playoffs are going to be holding do you guys have any closing remarks not
1: really. Welcome. Just uh, happy to happy to have the opportunity to come chat with you guys and and cast you know the English side of Chinese contenders. It's been really fun. Um, I probably will be absent for the quarters potentially the semis. We'll see what happens. But you know, hats off to the broadcast GG crew. They're going to kill it. Definitely tune in. All that good stuff. I'm sure Scribe may or may not be on the desk. I'm not too sure about his availability. Go go out there. Go watch <laughs> them
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, this is it's obviously a lot of fun to cover. Chinese contenders, mm-hmm. just because it's a region that I think has always been underrepresented in Overwatch. Definitely. I think that there's yeah. been an overfocus on Korean teams, but as you mentioned before, there's a lot of talent here, and I think that Korean teams are even recognizing this. I mean, this is kind of where the money is in uh, in esports. So uh, Lucky Future Zen plotted this many many eons ahead. So uh, I can't wait to welcome our first Korea, all Korean Chinese. <laughs> to
0: I can't. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see. Um so thank you guys for watching again uh make sure to follow our twitters they're probably going to be in the description of the video Um, yeah that's it thank you guys for watching and uh we'll see you next time on podcast.gg take care